What's up, guys and girls? Welcome to another episode of the Early Risers podcast. Before we get into the show, I did want to make a quick announcement. So for anyone who is interested in supporting the podcast or for anyone who has really gotten a ton of value out of the podcast, I just opened my patron page. Now, for those of you who don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is an online system that allows listeners of a podcast or supporters of someone to pledge a certain amount of money per month to donate to the host. And, you know, to be completely, completely honest, I feel a little weird doing this. I feel a little weird recording an intro about this, but I wanted to open this for a couple of reasons. You know, first of all, I've been doing this for free for over 50 episodes at this point. And, you know, I'm not doing this for money in the first place. I don't want you to get the idea that I want you to donate at all costs and that I'm expecting something out of you because I don't, you know, to be completely honest, I just wanted to open this for the people who have gotten something of value out of this and who really, really wanted to support the podcast. You know, maybe I've said something in the past that has allowed you to shift your paradigm. Maybe I've said something in the past that has allowed you to drastically change the way you live or drastically change the way you feel. Or maybe I've just said something that has allowed you to conduct yourself in a different manner throughout the day. But I did want to just announce this for anyone who felt a calling to make a pledge. First of all, I would really, really appreciate it. You would just be supporting the show and allow me to continue to do this. But second of all, I also added some rewards. So if you pledge a dollar a month, you get access to some monthly Q&A sessions. If you pledge a little more, you will get a signed copy of the Snoo Stopper. Pledge a little more, you'll get exclusive access to some monthly free trainings and a bunch of other things among those. So I did want to, you know, not just say, hey, pledge some money to me, but I wanted to give you some things in return. So if you are interested in supporting the podcast, if you do feel the need to give, you can go to patron.podbean.com slash early risers. So that's p-a-t-r-o-n dot p-o-d-b-e-a-n dot com slash early risers. And I'll also put the link in the show notes. But thank you to anyone who does that. To anyone who doesn't, I still love you, of course. And with that being said, thank you for listening. Let's get into the show. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the Early Risers podcast. I'm your host, Skylar Deem, and I am an early riser. Now, what is an early riser? No, it's not necessarily someone who wakes up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. To me, all an early riser is is someone who wakes up earlier than they have to in order to get some form of uninterrupted personal development in the morning. So if you have to wake up at 9 a.m. but you wake up at 8 and perform some sort of a morning routine that pushes you to get better, you're an early riser. If you wake up at 8 a.m. but you just lay in your bed and you scroll on your phone, you're not really an early riser in my books. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about failure. Now, this is a huge topic for me, huge, huge topic because failure is so important in the sense that overcoming it is one of the most crucial things for your success. You know, there's a great quote out there that says, success is stumbling from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. And that was said by Winston Churchill. You know, so many of us have these amazing gifts and these amazing things in us, these amazing thoughts, these amazing actions, these amazing thought processes, and we never carry out with those thoughts and we never carry out with those actions because we're scared of failure. You know, the fear of failure prevents so many amazing things from happening in this world. 
Prince EA did an amazing video a while back, which I can link to in the show notes. And basically he said, you know, one of the richest places in the world is the graveyard. And that's because there are so many ideas that go there to die with the people that end up six feet under. You know, so many people have these amazing ambitions, amazing thoughts, amazing ideas, and they don't carry through because they're scared of failing. They're scared of people laughing at them because they failed. And it's so crucial to understand failure and to be able to overcome it if you really, really want to make a difference in this world. If you really want to do your best to change the way other people think, change the way other people act, change the way the world works. And if you really have these ambitious goals, it is crucial that you do not be afraid of failure. It's crucial that you go throughout your life, you know, kind of honestly expecting failure, expecting failures and being ready to overcome them. Now, before we get into the episode, I do want to cover my current obsession. So this one's a little vain. This one's a little different. Um, So I'm currently obsessed with this beard that I've been growing. I don't know. I don't know if you can hear me rub that in the mic, but for the past, I don't know, it's been like a month I've been growing a beard. And this is something like I've never done before. I did it for the month of November last year. And, you know, I didn't really love it, didn't really let it grow in as much. But I've been doing it recently because my girlfriend said she liked it. So I'm I'm trying it out. And honestly, I got to say, I like it. It's, uh, it's fun to play with. It makes me look older. It has that, you know, that manly feel. It just gives me the, uh, the feeling that I'm... Got a little more testosterone running through me, and I don't know, I just like it. So that's my current obsession for the week. A little weirder, but that's fine. Now with that being said, let's move on to the show. Now I wanted to start the show actually with a couple different stories of failures and how they affected the people in them. So I want to start us off with a story about Elon Musk. Now this is the one I took a little longer to write, and then the next few are just some more examples, but... Basically, born in June of 1971 in Pretoria, South Africa, Elon Musk was an ambitious boy. At the age of 12, Musk taught himself computer programming. At the age of 17, he moved to Canada to attend Queen's University. Two years later, he transferred to the University of Pennsylvania, where he received an economics degree and went on to stay to receive a second bachelor's degree in physics. After leaving UPenn, the first big failure Elon Musk experienced was received after sending an application to Netscape. Not only was his initial application ignored, but he himself was ignored when making an in-person visit to the company. Not becoming deterred, Elon Musk decided to take the next step in his life and head to Stanford University to pursue a PhD in energy physics. Two days into the school year, Musk dropped out to take advantage of the internet boom and to launch his first company ever, Zip2 Corporation, a web software company. Eventually, this company sold to Compaq for $220 million. $220 million. That's a win, right? Kind of. Musk was soon demoted by his own company due to the board not having faith in him as a CEO. He was demoted from his own company. But, not being discouraged, Elon Musk decided to co-found his next company, which some of you may know as PayPal. His first PayPal product was almost immediately voted as one of the worst business ideas. This same year, Musk was driving in his newly bought McLaren F1 worth $1 million. When he spun the McLaren, he hit an embankment, and he sent the car flying like a discus three feet in the air while trying to show off the capabilities of the car to his friend. That next year, in the year 2000, Musk, happily married and on his honeymoon, 
was again ousted from his own company, being outvoted and removed from the PayPal board. To try and relax and recover from this event, Musk took a vacation to Brazil and South Africa, where he contracted a lethal form of cerebral malaria. In 2001, the Russians refused to sell him rockets to send mice or plants to Mars. In 2002, they turned him down again, saying, young boy, no. In 2006, Musk launched his first rocket, which is when he simultaneously experienced his first rocket explosion. In 2007, Musk launched his second rocket, which again led him to his second rocket explosion. In 2008, hoping that the third time was the charm, Musk launched his third rocket, which promptly failed, sending both of his companies, Tesla and SpaceX, extremely close to bankruptcy. To add insult to injury, Musk also suffered a divorce that year. And in 2013, Musk had his first rocket failure while landing at the ocean. In 2014, Musk's pride and joy, the Tesla Model S, had several problems with spontaneous battery combustion. In 2015, Musk had his fourth rocket explosion at launch and second and third explosions when landing on a drone ship. Maybe you think 2016 was his year? Well, this is what happened in 2016. The Tesla Model X deliveries were delayed more than 18 months. Musk experienced his fifth rocket explosion carrying Facebook satellites for Africa, which were worth $300 million, and he also experienced his fourth, fifth, and sixth critical failures while landing on a drone ship. After all of that, after 21 years of failures, heartbreak, and uncertainty, here's where Elon Musk stands. He's the CEO and CTO of SpaceX. He's the CEO and product architect of Tesla. He's the chairman of SolarCity the co-chairman of OpenAI, the founder of Neuralink, the co-founder of PayPal, and father to six sons. And yeah, I guess he's worth a lot. He's worth $14.8 billion. Think of all the failures Elon Musk just went through. Think of all the failures from 1999 till now that just could have completely ruined him. At any point, after blowing up a $300 million satellite from Facebook, after crashing rocket after rocket, crashing his $1 million car. He didn't give up. After being close to bankruptcy, he didn't give up. He kept going and he's now worth $14.8 billion. Do you really think the failures that you've experienced or are experiencing can break you? Do you really think that what you're going through right now is going to ruin your entire life? Here are just a few other examples of some greats who went through failures. Michael Jordan was cut as a sophomore from his high school varsity team. Later in his career, he said, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I have been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I have failed over and over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Walt Disney couldn't get hired as an artist. After only seven and a half months, Oprah Winfrey was fired from her job co-anchoring the 6 p.m. news at Baltimore's WJZ because she wasn't the right fit. When J.K. Rowling wrote the first Harry Potter book, she was divorced, bankrupt, and on welfare. And after a dozen publishers rejected her manuscript, one finally agreed to publish it. But the publisher told Rowling that she needed to get a job because there's no money in children's books. And she's now a billionaire. All of these people who have done amazing, amazing things with their life, all these people who have went on to make tons of money, impact tons of people, they all had these major failures in their life. When I was out in California at Experts Academy with Brendan Burchard, he had a quote. He said, my biggest failures were my greatest teachers. And that just resonated with me so, so much. You know, we go through these moments to learn. 
It doesn't matter that we fail. It doesn't matter that we fall on our face, that we lose money, lose friends, lose opportunities, mess up. The fact of the matter is we go through this so we can learn. Now, I remember a couple of months back, I was actually a guest on the Mental Wealth Podcast, and it was a really fun episode to do. I will link to that in the show notes if you are interested in listening. But while I was on the show, I was asked what my favorite failure was up to this point in my life. And I'm pretty thankful that the episode was edited because I could not think of anything. I went on for probably one or two minutes, couldn't think of anything. So I started talking about something. Halfway through, I was like, you know what? No, that's not my best failure. And I thought of something else. And the reason it took me so long was genuinely, I haven't thought about failures as failures in the past. I don't know what it is. No one taught me this. It's just something I've done. But to me, they were just things that happened. Now, while that may sound like a good thing to you, for me, it was kind of bad because if I didn't see them as failures, I couldn't really analyze them. You know, they were just things that I kind of thought happened to me rather than something that I caused to happen to myself. You know, when I first started Early Risers and I launched my first course, it was a complete and utter failure. And for me, I didn't really think about it and I just kept going. Whereas if I had stopped and I had really tried to learn from it, you know, things could have gone differently a couple months down the line. So if you can understand that failures happen for you and not to you, you can have such a huge shift in your paradigm. You can change the way you think about them, which will allow you to change the way you perform on your day-to-day basis, which will allow you to act differently and which will allow you to succeed more. You know, I think that if you understand that failures happen to everyone and you really do your best to silence your ego, because that's huge, failures aren't going to hurt you as bad, if at all. Now, a reason that people don't like to fail is because of this ego. It's because of the thought of, well, I'm going to look bad or, well, I'm going to look silly or stupid. But if we can really drop that idea, if we can really consider of how these failures are going to affect us, if they even happen, you know, half these failures are just manufactured in our mind with our anxieties. But if these failures do end up happening, you know, if we try something new and we're not that good or we mess up or we fail, those things can teach us and those things can either break us where we just take a step back and we say, you know what, I'm done, that's it. Or they can actually inspire and motivate us where we see how we failed and we never ever want that to happen again. I'm telling you, I've had so many points in my life where things have happened and I may not have considered them failures at the time, but they've just inspired me to just work that much harder. You know, something will go completely differently from the way I expected and I'm just ready to just take it to that next level because of it because I don't want to feel that pain again because I want to prove people wrong and I want to just push through that barrier so I think if we can understand the process if we understand that you know if we're really going to do something great if we're really going to inspire people change people's lives make money things are going to happen and we're going to fail along the way and that's just understanding the process So what I kind of wanted to do in this episode, I think it is going to be a little shorter because, you know, I don't have too much to talk about on this topic, but I do want to just give you a simple step-by-step process of what to do when failures happen. Because if you can understand that failures are going to happen, you can accept that and you can take those steps forward, then you can just, you can make it honestly. And if those failures happen along the way and you know what to do about them, you can move that much faster. I think Will Smith said, 
you know, fail often, fail forward. But basically, this is just a four-step process, and it's so, so, so simple. So if you go through a failure, if you fail at something, step number one, you got to acknowledge it. You know, don't be like me and just thinking that it didn't go my way and moving on, but actually take the time to use that word, to use the word failure, to think, okay, I did fail. Because once you acknowledge it, then you can really start analyzing it. And that's step number two. So acknowledge it, and then number two, analyze it. And there are a couple things you want to analyze. Number one, you want to analyze your planning. You know, what went wrong when you were planning what you were going to do? Did you even plan? If you planned a little too much, maybe you planned a little too little. What about your planning went wrong? Next, your actual preparation. You know, planning is a little different from preparation in the fact that planning is... You know, just mentally kind of mapping things out. And preparation is kind of setting yourself up for, well, what if this happens? Or what if this happens? Or what if this happens? So while you may have a solid plan, you have to realize that things aren't always going to go as planned. So if you have solid preparation, then that will allow you to really push through again. So analyze your planning, analyze your preparation, and then analyze your execution. You know, what went wrong during your execution? And then finally, the fourth thing is analyze what you can control. Because if you analyze the situation and something came in that really affected you that you had absolutely no control over, there's no use worrying about it. There's no use. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't go in the past and change it or go in the future and prevent it from happening again. You know, it's just something that you can't control. So what you have to do is you have to analyze your planning in the situation, your preparation in the situation your execution in the situation, and basically throughout the process, everything you could control. And if you can analyze those things and understand where things went wrong, then you move on to step three. You learn from it. Failures are going to happen. And if we just ball up or we just get angry or sad and we don't do anything else about it, nothing is going to change. But when we take these failures and we learn from them, that is what's going to allow us to grow and take our life to the next level. And then so acknowledge it, analyze it, learn from it. And then step number four, you got to move on. You know, failures are going to happen and clinging onto those failures day after day after day is just going to be so morally degrading. It's going to be so just draining from your energy, from your motivation and drive. And if you can fully move on, if you can take those lessons, log them in your brain, remember them, and then move on from the situation and keep pushing, you're going to be successful. You know, I'm sure when Elon Musk went bankrupt or was close to bankruptcy or when he crashed his car or when he crashed his rockets, number one through five, he didn't just keep going or he didn't just give up, but he actually learned from each and every situation. And if you can do that, you are well on your way to taking steps forward faster than you ever thought were possible. Look, guys and girls, failures are going to happen. It's part of the process. And if you can understand that and you can accept that, you're going to be ahead of so many other people. Again, I don't want your ideas, I don't want your ambitions and goals to be stifled by the people around you, by your fear of failures, your fear of looking bad in front of other people when you fail. I want you to go out there and I want you to pursue the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're excited about, the things that you want to do. You know, go out there, fail, be okay with failing, accept failing, live and learn from it. And if you acknowledge it, you analyze it, 
you learn from it and you move on, you are well, well, well on your way to success. So hopefully that inspires you in some way. You know, I did want to push this episode out because I'm going to be on vacation for a couple weeks in September. So I wanted to record this in advance. However, if there's anything that you want to talk about, any questions you have or comments or anything, don't be afraid to reach out at Early Risers Movement on Instagram or just www.earlyrisersmovement.com. And then I wanted to get into the question of the week, which is actually a pretty good one. So the question of the week is, what was the last photo you took? And this may tell you how far back ago I am recording, but the last photo I took was a picture of me with the book Psycho-Cybernetics. And if you remember, in the last episode, I made Psycho-Cybernetics my current obsession, and I just took a picture and I posted it on Instagram today. So that should tell you when I recorded this, but... Hit me up with your current obsession. When this episode comes out, I will be posting that question on my Instagram as well as the updated answer. And I would love to hear from you and I would love to see the picture and I'll actually think about posting them. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I appreciate you. I hope this episode served you in some way. I hope you're ready for more exciting episodes in the future. Going to get back to it. Going to hit it hard. We're going to learn and grow together and do some amazing stuff. So thank you, everyone. I appreciate you. Keep killing it, and I'll talk to you next time.